0: Welcome to the Sally Allen Podcast. As you know, and I say this during every show, this podcast is a platform for people to come and share their stories of resilience. And today, I have one of my favorite people, my friend, Tiger Todd. Tiger Todd is a CEO for Heroes Incorporated, and he is the author of the Hero School Learning Model. I'm excited to hear about that. Um, Tiger and I met at a like-minded lunch. It seems like everybody had met at a like-minded lunch. Um, uh, There's one thing I want to mention. Tiger does something very interesting around cities. He teach employees in cities how not to produce more homeless people. And I am really intrigued about that and can't wait to hear about it. So, Tiger, I haven't heard your story before, so take it away.
1: Well, (laughs) thanks for having me on your (laughs) podcast. Uh, so uh, what's hard for me is telling a story, mm-hmm. right? So we go to like-minded lunch, right? And things are about telling a story. Um, but as scientist who discovered the four habits of homelessness, habit four is actually talking back, telling a story. Mm-hmm. So in order to be effective to free as many tens of thousands of folks from homelessness as I have, I got in this habit of never telling a story. Uh, so anyway it's uh it's uh, very difficult for me to break a rule to do so um, but uh, but anyway may I, you know ask a, a more pointed question i 'll be a very good guest
0: okay, all right yeah, so you started talking about the four habits of homelessness of homelessness of sure. Homelessness.
1: yeah, so you think about it think of, um m- when I first I was a philanthropist right so it was the 1990s I just retired from my business and I was the guy people come to for to write a check to help the homeless well you know I treated them like humans and I was really shocked I was fascinated actually that um, that so much of what it meant to be human was lost in higher education particularly graduate school and so um, so what I did is I looked at a uniquely human perspective of what who the homeless were and there's one truth about human beings. And that is the uniqueness of humans to the planet. Human beings become what they learn. Mm. Right. So I mean, if we went to UNLV, went to some university and we found a bunch of people graduating from engineering school, right? We mm-hmm. know they're going to, be becoming engineers. How? Because they acted like students right. to people who had mastered this discipline of engineering. Right. And if they did the homework for some period of time, they'd become Engineers, right? Right, right. People who learned plumbing would become
0: plumbers. Plumbers. And yeah. learn
1: law, become, right? Learn how to yeah. teach, become, right? Humans become what they learn.
0: I see where you're going So with this.
1: now imagine me not knowing anything but that one truth, you know, and I walk into this park with 1,854 people lined up to get the food I was paying for. Mm-hmm. And I had to try to find out what did they learn that turned them into the same kind of person in the park this day? i found four things
0: oh that's interesting share with us i want to talk less i want to hear what you Yeah, no, well
1: it's a, you know it's a, so yeah. so I call these the four habits of homelessness i eventually you know studied this over the next ten thousand two hundred and thirteen yeah. that i helped get through the park there for the next three years but it was also the same four habits and um and i will say this right i didn't know anything when i started right i, I you don't know what you know you don't know what your parents have taught you about entrepreneurship for example yeah and uh uh, so, you know, I think it's, uh, it was Covey, Stephen Covey, who, who I think he transliterated something from the Buddha, right? He said that, you know, we don't see the world as it is, we see it as we are, mm, mm, yeah, right? Yeah. And so you have to kind of ask, well, how are, how am I and how, what in my history or my genetic tendencies or my learning uh, taught me to see the world this way, right? So, okay, well, my parents were divorced when I was eight. You know, um, my dad was an entrepreneur, which means we didn't have milk in the fridge unless we sold something or provided a service for somebody. So clearly, I'm a little different than a lot of people, right? Because even food is earned in my world. Mm -hmm. So I didn't let the people who lined up for the food I was paying for eat until they sat down and listened to me for an hour. That was horrible. But as I I walked this line, that was they were waiting, I found four habits, four things that were the opposite of what I think I learned from my dad. And all of his friends, which I called the Four Laws of Entrepreneurship.
0: So let me ask you this. This was the first time you walked through the park and walked through that line, and this came to you? Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like it's a, the, the slumdog millionaire approach to being an expert, <laughs> right? You you don't know the thousand things that these other experts know, but you know the 16 things, <laughs> right, yeah, to make yeah. it through the movie, to get to the phone, to make the call, to get your girl, right? Right, right. Anyway, so I just happen to be that guy. So you Thank want to know what the everybody. four are?
0: I've been waiting. Okay,
1: okay. <laughs> and it's interesting because I just filled up the car, right, and I'm at the gas station. Right. And I realized that we have, as a culture, there's so many educational processes in culture and one of those cultures is self-service gas Mm -hmm. and we have to think that everything we do teaches something right and if we become what we learn it changes us so self-service gas you put your card in you have to pay first but the entrepreneur our first law is we add value first Mm. right? We invest, we do a free consultation, we invest in somebody else first. And so what just pay at the pump has done is created an entire generation of people that are further away from the entrepreneur add value first mindset,
0: Mm.
1: right? Because if you see someone that won't do, won't move an inch unless they're paid first, you're going to have lesser people in your community. So now let's look at the four laws of an entrepreneur. They add value first, Mm-hmm. They take the blame, even for stuff they didn't do. That's interesting. Well, you think the customer is always right. Well, the customer isn't always right, but right. you're the last line of defense in that company, right? It's not, this is not the military. I mean, God bless the military, but you know, they say there's extreme accountability. Well, yeah, but there's a whole level beyond that where you take the blame even for stuff you didn't do, and that comes from the myth of Orestes. That comes from Greek mythology right, the Greek youth, right, Orestes, right. right, who was, you know, torn between two no-win situations. Okay. So the third uh, law that's the pillars, if you will, that support our, this entrepreneur type of person that I learned from my dad is that uh, we learn vertically. And I, and I say vertically meaning, uh, let's say what Emerson said. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, every man, every human, is my superior in some way in that I learn from him or her. Right, right. We just respect that you know stuff I don't know. You're good at stuff I suck at. Right. In that, I'm going to learn from you. Yeah. Uh, So, um, so that's the third law, right? You have a vertical. You learn vertically. You learn from an expert.
0: Expert. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then finally, um, when you find a Mr. Miyagi or a Mr. Han or an Edna Mode in The Incredibles, right? Hence, Hero School. We drive. I drive math from movies (laughs) to create a way to change a lot of people at one time in the real world, not just one person changing on a screen. Mm-hmm. but the entire audience. So, um, so when you do get the Edna mode, and she says, do this, you just do it to prove it.
0: Mm. You
1: know, when Mr. Miyagi says, wax the car, you just start waxing. And we're in an age where people are like, well, I don't think I should have to wax, right? Well, that's actually habit four of homelessness. We called it being unteachable, but habit four of every single one of the homeless people in that, in that park, which I said, well, this is what made you that kind of person, Right. Is that when an expert showed up,
0: mm-hmm. someone who
1: was able to retire from his business, who had employees, a different kind of person,
0: mm-hmm. and I'm
1: trying to teach you how to be that kind of person instead of the person in the park, mm-hmm. they wanted to talk back and tell me something.
0: So let's backtrack a little bit. You went to the park. You were, you were <laughs> donating. Mm-hmm. Financially, you were donating to homelessness. Somebody got you to donate. Yep. You went to the park to give a talk.
1: Well, that's the response. So I go to the park just to see what they were doing. You
0: went to see what they were doing.
1: And uh, the first week, I see all these people lined up to get food, and it was just the opposite of my moral ladder. It was just the opposite of how I was raised, right? Like I said, you know, how I saw the world. And that's what
0: I was going. Like, what was your your mindset when you walk in there? Oh,
1: so so the very next week, I built, bought this massive sound system and rented chairs and gave another check to that charity and said, gather them again. Okay. But that second week, I was ready for them. Right. And then I did it for the next three and a half years about every Saturday.
0: So you did a talk while they're eating for the next three and a half no,
1: years? No, I didn't let them eat first. I set a class you in the set park, a class and they in had the to park. sit down for an hour and a half, 90 minutes like a movie. Yes. Right, because you have to accomplish That's the right. impossible and change the character That's in a right. movie. Because if Parker, they eat, they'll leave. Well, yeah. Yes. If Peter Parker yeah. doesn't change, well, I mean, in, 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 you know, in public school, right? How, if you want to be like me... Yeah, you got to yeah. do like, like
0: me. Like me, that's right. That, that's brilliant. It's,
1: it's practical. <laughs> it's pragmatic. What's, what's amazing is all these cities that do the opposite.
0: So what yeah. made you do that? Though There was a mindset there when you walked in. What made you do that? You looked at them and you thought, I'm going to change this. What made you do that?
1: Well, I don't think I had the thought. I know that you know, Simon Sinek says you start with why. But yeah. see, for entrepreneurs, you don't even think you're, you're way right. ahead of why. Mm-hmm. Right, you yeah. you respond, and I believe that that response is something inside us already. You know, even words right. like even words like charisma that we get from the Greek. It's really charisma, right? And the right. root word is charis. But charisma, defined in English from the Greek word, means the divine influence on the heart and its reflection in the life. Yeah. And the times when we read like a New Testament or an Old Greek text, and we see the word gift, right? right? It's the same word charisma. Right, right. And so grace, same word, charisma. We see gracias as thank you, yeah. but it really is a gift. Right. And it's fascinating. So, so, so whatever it was that responded to that was authentic. Can I, can I give you another Viktor Frankl for your Because, I, I mean, Viktor Frankl, right, the guy that survived the four Nazi concentration yeah. camps. But this is about 1999 when I first read the book. And I immediately, when I asked the Jewish Federation, do you have any of these books? Who's Victor Franklin? I thinking, oh, my God, the one person <laughs> you should read, right? <laughs> so I bought, bought I like, think, 30 books for their library here in Las Vegas. And, uh, but so many things were just key. And he talks about what's authentic,
0: uh-huh.
1: an authentic human response. And what I'm trying to do is if you're going to get actual transformation, you have to activate the actual human Right. And so, for example, I would go, like, in a class, let's say I'm, I'm teaching, you know, CEOs or maybe people in a, in a, in a city. I just got back from Seattle. And, uh, and we're talking about, okay, here's the difference between evoked, which is authentic, and just provoked, the stuff we normally do. Right. The outside, the extrinsic. And I said, okay, everyone just laugh. And, you know, people will start going, ha, 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 Well, what that does, for the if you do it in a group, is then the people will authentically laugh right. at the fake laugh. Yeah, right. It's kind of like in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Rocket raccoon. That's a fake. It's real. (laughs) Right. So, so authentic Mm -hmm. is where our power is. Right. It's kind of like that divine influence on the heart. So whatever we, you know, again, I knew none of this in the beginning. I was just responding intuitively from what was in me that I didn't know was there. Right. That got activated when I walked into a park. Right. And, uh, and now, of course, I had to break it down, turn it into a school of psychology and, uh, you know, all these different learning, learning modules um, to activate it on purpose.
0: Okay. So going back to, you spent three years in the park. Yes. What happened? So their mindset is shifting as you're going there every week and talking to them. How did you turn this into a whole program, the Heroes School?
1: Well, that's a great question. Uh, the, the truth is they... They changed every week. It was a different group every week. Okay. So again, I didn't think, I didn't think. Let's just put it right there. Yeah, yeah. Looking back, right, I just did it. And I didn't realize that, you know, we don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. I didn't realize that I'd watched so many movies and read so much Greek mythology Uh that in every hero story, these components were there. So they were like built into me. It's like somebody who plays basketball didn't, you know, go to a school or a class on basketball, but they know how to play, right? Because the stuff was loaded. They watch basketball, watch basketball, watch basketball. Yeah. So I just watched a lot of movies throughout my electronics business. And so I didn't realize that there was this formula that in two hours you have to have a relatable character,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: conflict, and obstacles. Right. And then this journey of two lives, a Bruce Wayne life and a Batman life. And at the end, character changes. Right. He sees the world differently. He responds to the world differently. And he's accomplished the impossible. Okay? So that's what I was trying to do in the park. And I only had two hours, mm. of, you know, and like a movie. So I didn't think it couldn't happen because I was an arrogant entrepreneur, right? I wasn't thinking, well, we got to get this done in two. No, I just figured it had to happen. And I was ticked off at the seven and a half percent. The success rate was um, 92.84% um actually for the for, through the first twenty seven thousand homeless I'd gotten off the streets uh, it was um it was ninety two point eight four percent like a magic number, like thirteen out of fourteen um, yeah. yeah, so if it doesn't happen in two hours, what happens is, and I think people know this in in uh, drug rehab and they people become dependent
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the person helping them right if you spend too much time you you start to create all kinds of other issues that now we have to solve yeah. later so you know speed is where it's at whoever came up with the first movie or maybe the first mythology genius
0: right and and the saying is if you teach a man how to fish he'll fish for life
1: yes right he'll yep. fish
0: for life so I want our audience to hear how you took that whole scenario in the park and turned it into hero school and what you're doing now
1: well, this is where we have to give Simon Sinek some credit. <laughs> yeah. so, I was, so when we got done, there were only 13 homeless people left in the park. Uh, City did a census in 1998-99 and found out that they had 16,000 less homeless people than they thought they had. Wow. Why? Because they change. We're not taking homeless people and putting them in houses. Right. That's what Houseless people need houses. Homeless people need to change into something else because there's no place for something, someone who begs, only begs, never adds value. Blames never mm-hmm. takes responsibility, mm-hmm. learns only horizontally, and always talks back to yeah. someone who knows more.
0: Right.
1: There's no place for that person in society, right? So we had to change them into the kind of person that could, right? Yeah. So, so then we got you know when I when I was finished, one of the volunteers, one of the probably one of my customers who had helped me all these weeks, or month, or years, um, every week for three years. Um, they said, oh, you should talk to kids in school. And I said, I don't want to do that. And anyway, mm-hmm. eventually relented. And I showed up for a middle school. I actually, I chose one of my uh, school I was going to, if I live, stayed living in North Las Vegas. And I went to the school, Von Tobel Middle School. And I got done talking for about 45 minutes to an hour with 20 kids mm-hmm. and, um, and the teacher. And it was silent and they were quiet. And I got done. I was just telling, you know, what did I do for the last three and a half years? Right? I hadn't really been in my electronics business, right? So, um, so I said, yeah, I was helping to do the homeless people taught them how to do this, is what I was doing, you know. Well, and some little girl stood up from the back row and she said, that's not true. All homeless people have mental problems. Ah, <gasps> okay. Yeah, so you reacted much better than I did. I was like, I was shocked, first of all. One of my kryptonite is, uh, is uh, really not being able to stop the showing of how <laughs> shocked I am <laughs> when, <Yeah. laughs> when these kinds of things happen, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I was just speaking for a group of mayors and, and the person, I, did you hear a word I said? I mean, someone can say that after I just I delivered think... this information? And yeah. was, this is the mission I'd come up with about that time, I, I, like a personal mission. I said, you know, my, I'm, tr- I'm there to help people be free to live the lives they're meant for. Yeah. And I know a lot of people try to control people into things, and that just doesn't work, right? There's rebellion, it's like a rebellion button. Well, anyway, I was shocked, so I, I got on the phone as I was driving away, I even pulled over, I remember where I was. I mean, these are really impactful in my right. head. Right. And, um, and I said, can you believe this little girl said this? I was talking to my assistant, Tracy. And she says, oh, that was on Ally McBeal last night. So there was this TV show, Ally McBeal, yeah, apparently yeah. this lawyer is dating some guy, he goes AWOL, turns out he's homeless, mental problems. So that's when I realized the kids not only are already learning the four habits of homelessness by 7th grade but here's a qualified expert remember law 3 yeah yeah in the classroom and they're list they're learning instead from television we have a real problem, problem. Wow. so that's when my commitment level changed that's when I decided mm-hmm. to go all in on this process of changing and so i started going to schools and of course that's when i started developing curriculum the school of psychology what does it mean Mm -hmm. to be a hero and uh what is it you know all the other components of that hero's journey and transformation so um yeah that was wow that was my wild time in 1999
0: yeah but you said they were change and transformation right with homelessness as you continue what does that look like
1: Well, it means that, uh, well, three weeks ago I was invited to a birthday party, excuse me, not birthday party, an afternoon barbecue Mm -hmm. here in Las Vegas um, from a kid, now 30-something, who just graduated law school, who was a 19-year-old drug addict in my hero school class that I held 599 of them at Catholic Charities. He attended one uh, 15 years ago. So transformation is, he is now free because he broke the cycle of that, you know, it doesn't matter how great your parents are. Because we know this, you know. I know. I believe in early childhood development, but still, something happens mm-hmm. to American children at 12, 13. Not just American children, because we read about it, you know, in the Harry Potter series. We we see it in Jesus ditching his parents to learn from the scribes, Pharisees, doctors of the law. Right. Right. We see that he's not just the same homogenous youth or child he was. Right. So, so anyway, with this split, so many American kids don't know what to do. So they re- react, they run away from the expert, and they group up with other kids. We have gangs, right? right? And what we have is a bunch of horizontal learning. Yeah. Right? And, so, um, and then every time an expert shows up, they want to talk back or bully or you know, cyberbullying, right? The, the ones that fell behind, are grouping up against the one that is doing the right thing, say. So, uh, um, so what it looks like in terms of transformation, it looks like, yeah, kid Nick, you know, who got free to do what he's supposed to do because there are already good teachers out there. But if they don't know themselves and they're stuck in these four habits, they don't see the value of having an expert right in the room with them.
0: Right, right. So one of the things you talk about is um, teaching cities how to produce more less homeless people so you're <laughs> right. in the prevention stage how do yeah. you do that
1: well i ran for the school board in the year 2000 mm-hmm. and i was fourth out of four that's how bad i was um, as a politician um, i'd only held about 15000 you know so what i was doing is i decided that since 99 is i would go all in inoculating kids to right. the four habits mm-hmm. you know so do not i'm not going to let these kids produce you know become homeless send and inoculate them usually with the four laws of entrepreneurship you know it's like a shot you learn how to add value first and take the blame and then learn from your teachers we're good we're mm-hmm. going to be in good shape anyway so i did that 40 50 schools a year for 12 years what i didn't realize is that so many people that were hired by the cities had never gotten that class mm-hmm. So I was helping kids, but not helping teachers, administrators, I was not helping people, you know, and we saw this with Los Angeles, right? $950 million estimate, they get an extra 950, and the homelessness population increases 23%. But when I ran for the school board in 2000, I had a, um, my favorite slogan was this one from Albert Einstein, right? And 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 he said, the significant problems we face cannot be solved at the same level of thinking we were at when we created them, right? Yeah, mm, yeah, law law yeah. two, he took yeah. responsibility, right? We mm-hmm. created these. right? So we're going to have to change our own mindset, thinking, character in order to be able to solve these problems. But instead, what they do is they double down on that and they create more. So, so what, I, what I found is, oh my goodness. And I just, again, I was just at this mayor's conference speaking. And I said, oh my God, most of the people employed in city and county governments, have the four habits of homelessness. They they probably didn't have my benefit. They didn't have a dad who was an entrepreneur, right? Right. But you worked in corporate America, and you understand the the value of what we call an entrepreneur, right? Someone right. who takes their role in that company as if it's their company. So you still have to have those four values. You still have to add value first, right? Mm-hmm. So so again. Um, we can't let, certainly, any more than the kids can rule the school, we have to be very careful to allow people in a government position with, say, government power mm-hmm. to lead, because what they'll do is create more of the same thing. I mean, whether well, it's a New Testament, um, I wasn't raised religious, but I, I had studied a lot of Bible, and it was funny because, you know, when the blind lead the blind, they both fall in the ditch. <laughs> Right. And we know kids, you know, talk about can't practice what you, pre- you know, if you don't practice yeah. what you preach, right? will say, well, don't preach.
0: Right. So, so let me get this straight. What I'm hearing you say is that there is a formula to homelessness.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah,
0: just formula. like there's a
1: formula to engineering. There's a formula right. to becoming a plumber.
0: Right. And if you're able to, to get behind that formula and teach it to people, you can prevent it.
1: That's exactly the point. Yeah.
0: So what you're doing is going to schools and talking to them and just bring in visibility to these formulas to say, hey, you can avoid it because this is, you know, th- this is the way around, this is how it flows. If you are intentional and you know it, then obviously you can avoid yeah. it.
1: Yeah, so we can do it with a large group of, of adults, like the, the homeless. Why? Yeah. Because their back's against the wall. They don't have a single resources. They don't have an alternative, mm-hmm. right? And if, I can, if we can get them into what we call a breakthrough academy, let's say it's mm-hmm. a Tony Robbins experience, and it's three two-hour sessions, hmm um like a like a trilogy of movies right batman right. begins the dark night now the dark night rises right mm-hmm. and it's done kind of like a funnel
0: mm-hmm.
1: of where they're at this group behavior into getting them alone as an individual what carl Jung would call individuation mm-hmm. and then finally that what are the obstacles the individuals facing on the way to where they really want to be right. right so that's what we can do in terms of reversal prevention in schools is so much better right but imagine you go into a school and they've been teaching the four habits. Mm-hmm. They've been saying, well, we can't, you know, we can't educate these people without more money. Well, that's like the entrepreneur saying, well, you've got to pay me first. Right. Right? I got you know, well, they should, you know. Anyway, so we, <laughs> we have created such obstacles without this philosophy planted in those areas. That it's become harder and harder and worse that we eventually create more uh, i'm, I'm going to say transformation resistant humans people right because now you know you gotta you gotta do all kinds of things neutralize all kinds of stuff before yeah. you can start freeing them from homelessness because they've just been trained to, I'm going to get my house from these people, and I'm going to get my food here, and I'm going to get my medicine from here, and I'm going to get, right. you know, and then they, um, there were, um, I think there was, whatever that study was, about four years ago, and I I'd met with the governor in Honolulu and the mayor, and, you know, trying to offer this instead of just housing, right? So you've got to change the people, and I think it was the very next year that one hospital um, had, it cost them $105 million that year mm-hmm. for just 318 homeless people who overused services,
0: that's staggering. It's staggering.
1: You know, yeah. and you'd think that's a big enough problem to call me to solve. Yeah. Right? And, and yet, they apparently just have different ways to go get their money that they continue to deal with it. Um, I, don't, I don't understand how they think, and I guess that's why I'm me and their,
0: Yeah.
1: Human means you become what you learn. You can't change that. All you can do is decide what you learn, from who so that you can prevent yourself from learning what you don't want to become.
0: Okay. I think I understand what you're saying, but my question was to her point. To her point that we do have people who are mentally ill out there, and how does this apply to them when they don't have a clear mind to think about their future? Yeah, and
1: I have two quick answers for that. Yes. I don't want to run long here, but there's a... um, there was a sociologist, last name Henslin, and what he decided to do is to try to see what's the story with the homeless, and mm-hmm. um, I think it was St. Louis, and uh, so what he did is he made himself homeless, and he committed to two weeks, mm-hmm. no lifeline,
0: mm-hmm. knew
1: no one, went into a city, he was, you know, uh, but he had no connections in. He said that even just one hour after cutting every bridge, no phone, you know, no, you know, no one to call, no one to talk to, he was tempted to steal. So most of our assessment of mental illness being uh, causal, mm-hmm. it's actually a result.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: See, so and when yeah, I was so yeah. I, let's say okay. I was in the park. Here was my data. Here were thirty people that that Dr. Drew okay. and everyone into yeah. the mental health initiative. God, you know, because it's true. Yeah. But here are thirty people that I would say definitely mentally ill after a two-hour treatment where we're just. Um, aligning the inner human tumblers Mm -hmm. through a a hero school, Mm -hmm. maybe one in 30 probably needed aftercare. So that's 29 times the people that we normally have to put through mental health conditioning. It's not mental health. It's just, look, no lifeline, burned a bridge, Mm -hmm. stole from my grandparents. It's super hot out, right? Those are all post look, if you keep just begging and not asking for what you actually want and showing that you're going to add value, that's going to be hard. Right. And let me just give you the last one here. Habit two, right? Blame. The blame is probably true. So to that point, I think our data was of every 30, 29 out of 30, mm-hmm. were it was just post-homelessness, mental illness, not causal.
0: Um, so... What do you do now, like, and how can, if people want to volunteer with you or, or do something, what do you do? How can people come alongside you?
1: Uh, several ways. Well, the most important thing is we've got to change the mindset of people in these city governments, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and it's not, it seems like a horrible thing to say, hey, you've got to change your mind. Well, it's, it's just that, no, look, you guys, are. I can't believe they work so hard on the front lines without the right tool. Mm. Right? It's like even in schools. Why would you allow 16% for like the last 15 years, only 16% of African-American boys graduate?
0: Mm.
1: And they do all these additional programs and they boost that up to 18%. Right? And they're proud of themselves by a 20% increase or whatever that is. And the, the truth is, why don't you get them, we can get them all to by activating their human instead of put them through this other classification. Yeah. Right? And so... What I'm trying to do is just make it work. We're supposed to solve homelessness, not create an industry. Right. We're not supposed to be looking for more grants. We are supposed to solve this and then move on to muscular dystrophy, right? right. When, I, when I saw 40 years of telethons, I'm thinking, you just weren't very good at solving it. These kids need help, yeah. and they need a different way to do it because we can't just keep prolonging, prolonging these things. Yeah. These are human lives. You know, you have, every school teacher has two weeks to help that third grader. Yeah. Before they turn to someone else.
0: Well, Tiger, kudos to you for what you do. I really um, admire what you do and um, diving in like 100% and doing Mm. it. But not only that, going out and educating people and the prevention part is so important. Because, yeah.
1: So many of the homeless today were those kids in school 10 years ago. Yeah. And so today's kids... I I know where they're headed, and it's horrible to think of. So we just need more people to get on this mindset. So, um, yeah. So thank you for offering that um, that help for your listeners.
0: Yeah, yeah, no problem. So what's a what's a quick takeaway for our audience today?
1: Uh, quick takeaway? Oh, we don't see the world as it is; we see it as we are. The, we the, the takeaway is this: is we have to look at how we see the world, and that somewhere, what what we've learned will give us an advantage or some leverage on a problem so that we don't wait for somebody else to take action. We have to be the one that takes the action.
0: Very good, yeah. Well, friends, as I said, it's never too late to start living resiliently, and what I'm hearing Tiger is saying is that you have to take responsibility for your actions in order to move forward and step out of whatever situation you're in. So if you're listening to this and you like our podcast, rate, review, and share with your friends. Thank you so much, Tiger, for being here on our show. And thank you, Sticky Paws, for recording our show.